This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 706 on this Sunday morning. Thank you so much for being with us. So we are going to chat now with Kathy Tomlinson, who is an investigative reporter with the Globe and Mail. She is in the Vancouver Bureau and joins us on the line. Kathy, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we often talk to you about real estate, but your latest piece is about uh, insurance and doctors and fascinating, but also frightening, uh, some of the details and some of the things that you've uncovered here. So maybe take us back a bit and, and explain to us uh, what you were looking at and uh, the idea of doctors and uh, doctors specifically when it comes to, to injuries and insurance companies. Well, these are doctors who primarily work for insurance companies. They're hired through middlemen, who uh, companies that provide assessment firms for insurance companies. And many of these doctors don't work as at all uh, treating patients or very little at uh, treating patients. Some of them are retired. They used to treat patients, but they don't. They don't anymore. Excuse me. Um, and they make a lot of money doing this. And we found several cases where their reports were ultimately found to be either biased, uh, unfairly biased against the insured person, the injured person, uh, or, um, uh, you know, inaccurate in several ways. Uh, in some cases, we actually found, too, that the assessment firms that hired them had actually either ghostwritten part of their reports or edited parts of their reports or asked them to change parts of their reports in favor of the insurance companies. And when I was reading through this, too, you found cases where doctors were writing reports, but they'd never actually met the person who was injured. That's common, actually. Um, I obtained rosters from some of these assessment firms, which give details on these doctors and what they do and don't do. And actually, the majority of them were listed as doctors who would do these assessments and uh, only as paper reviews, what they call them. And that is that the assessment firm would get records from the insurance company, and sometimes those records wouldn't be complete either on the uh, injured person. They would send those records to a particular doctor through the, you know, uh, uh, through the email sometimes. They go through the records or they get a large, you know, courier package, go through the records, and then they write a report. They never see the patient. Uh, a lot of the cases that you write about take place in Ontario. Uh, is it different in different provinces? Well, I'm not sure about some of the smaller provinces. I know that this is by far the biggest problem in Ontario, just obviously population-wise and partly because there's private insurance out there. And critics say that that's uh, a key problem and that essentially all of the oversight of this and how it plays out um, is farmed out to private companies that handle this, both the insurance companies and the assessment firms. There are rules governing how insurance has to be provided and there are rules about how doctors have to behave. But again, a lot of, a lot of this has been, I'm sorry, I have a cold, I have to apologize. <laughs> That's okay. A lot of this has been sent out to um, private companies on, in Ontario. However, ICBC spends a tremendous amount of money on this as well. Um, but interestingly, ICBC says that uh, much more of the money that any of us pay toward our car insurance here in B.C., that goes to doctors, goes to doctors that are hired by uh, plaintiffs, by the injured person. Uh, there's about $40 million a year that ICBC spends hiring doctors to do this work on their behalf, but about $100 million a year is spent by lawyers here in BC to uh, hire lawyer, I'm sorry, hire doctors to assess patients on their behalf to bolster their claims. So this is a back and forth. This is a tit for tat. 
Some people call it dueling assessments. You've got uh, an injury lawyer hires someone to write a report in, what, in their favor, and then the insurance company, in this case ITBC, comes back and hires someone to write another report that says something different, and then another report and another report. And this can go on for years. And and in the end, you've talked to patients, you've talked to people who have had their lives changed completely after being in accidents, after being in crashes, and and even reading some of the the, the grueling even uh, routine that they have to keep up with going to all of these appointments. Yeah, that's what really struck me the most, and that's what we hoped would really come out of this story is the patient's experience or the the accident victim's experience. I mean legitimately injured people get caught in this and they don't know they're baffled they can't understand why they're sent to numerous doctors and why some doctors are writing reports about them that just aren't right and they get the reports back and they say how can this be and many times that's actually that actually plays out as an intimidation factor you know you're you're injured you're up against an insurance company you get this report from a doctor that uh, essentially discounts everything you're saying and feeling feeling and experiencing, and it's very intimidating. So many people will will settle, and uh, certainly critics feel that it's a tactic that's used by insurance companies to get people to do that. Um, also, though, there's this other side of it. You hire a lawyer, and they send you to a doctor, as I said, and it goes on and on and on. And, and the problem is also a medical one, because these people are injured, and they need uh, quick treatment, and the, the, the longer their treatment is delayed, the worse they get. Emotionally, Psychologically, physically, these people experience a lot of problems while they're waiting around and fighting, because fighting is also very hard on you when you're an injured person. Um, Some of them get addicted to opiate painkillers, and then their life spirals downward in that way. So this has a very serious impact on legitimate accident claimants. Now, of course, there are the minority that, you know, are exaggerated or even fraudulent, but we're not talking about those people. We're talking about legitimately injured claimants that are caught in this whole process. Did you find, or, or what would happen then when somebody, if somebody, like you said, is a legitimate claimant, uh, you're injured, you go to your own doctor, uh, does that hold any weight? Or are they then up against insurance companies that say, no, you need to go to this doctor? Oh, absolutely. No, you can go to your own doctor, but that's not enough. And in fact, if you don't go to the doctor that the insurance company has told you to go to, they can just close your file as a result. And if you don't show up, uh, you or your insurance, uh, your insurer can be billed uh, up to $6,000 for a missed appointment. And that all comes up in the wash in your, in your settlement as a, a, a cost that was applied to your file. So, you know, you don't have a choice here. If you want to put your claim through, you absolutely must jump through these hoops. And I heard terrible, uh, you know, experiences of people having to, you know, drive from one, you know, part of Toronto way out into the suburbs to see a particular doctor when they're sick and injured and they can't drive very well and they've been in a car accident, you know, so they have to have people drive them or what have you. It's, It's a terrible ordeal for some of these people. Uh, what about the standings of the doctors? Do they have to be in good standing in their province? Or I would imagine, because doctors are held to a certain standard and they have to be, uh, they're regulated. Uh, but but it seems like uh, the doctors, or at least some of the doctors that you've written about, aren't uh, even practicing at this point. Yeah, good question. Um, first of all, uh, it's important to note that doctors, when they do these assessments, are not um, they don't have to adhere to the same rules as our doctor would if you or I went to the doctor where we're their patient. 
So they don't have the same legal duty of care. They are not obliged to you as a patient. They're actually beholden to whoever hired them, really. And beyond that, there are people, uh, there are doctors who do this, who have restricted licenses. There's one here, Dr. Martin Gripma. He works out of a hangar out in Langley, um, and all he does is these independent medical assessments. He has, um, he's had some problems in his history, and he relinquished his full license several years ago. And again, there's also these doctors who are retired from regular practice. They still have a full license, um, but they're only doing these independent medical exam- uh, examinations. Now, beyond that, there's also the disciplinary process, which we found in many cases didn't result in very much at all for the people who, you know, felt that they'd been wrong. They filed complaints, and out the other end, the college said, well, you know, it was okay, or it was kind of not okay, but we're not going to discipline them. The main point is even when the doctors got criticized, in some cases, a couple of cases, it was strong criticism, no discipline, and nothing on their public record, so they just carry on. Uh, and and it just seems amazing that this can continue happening when it's clear, clear like you said, it, there might be a minority of people who are trying to work the system, but these are legitimate uh, people who are legitimately hurt uh, trying to get compensated or trying to get it dealt with and are up against uh, these huge companies where it seems like the decks are stacked against them. It's been going on for years, and uh, I think you've hit on the the core problem, really, these are big companies. They have a lot of lobbying power. They have lawyers, um, you know, and they push back when the governments try to make changes. In Ontario, they've tinkered with this several times. And really, what critics say has come out the other end is just a more complicated system, not an improved one. Um, there is some hope in Ontario that there will be some reforms coming to address this. There are some good ideas like have uh, only truly independent doctors that aren't working for one side or the other be the only uh, people that deal with these these claimants. Like there's a team that uh, of various professionals who deal with your case and no one else does, and that's it. And there's also a Colorado model, model excuse me, where um, the both the insured party and the insurance company have to agree on one doctor. So there are good ideas on how to deal with this, but it just hasn't been dealt with. All right. Well, hopefully uh, some change comes uh, as a result of this. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.